Dana and I have the giggles this evening. So that that that'll be fun for everyone. We, we were discussing some some pushback that we got from the last uh, discussion that we had about prophecies, and some people who saw the video accused us of you know not it not being a prophecy because COVID had been talked about in 2019 in December 2019. So how could we possibly call that a prophecy? And for anyone who didn't listen to the last episode, it's uh, Dana and I shared a circle we were in in early uh, 2020 in January of 2020, where we predicted a lot of the things that happened in the later in the year and didn't know it at the time, but now in retrospect do. And so <laughs> somebody who listened to that episode accused us basically of not being genuine i guess or maybe that's just my take on it so we've been giggling about the origins of that and and everything but hello everybody um so dana tell me and and our listeners about your um ceremony that you held last night tell, tell us about why you did it what it was where it was what you did what you experienced yeah, yeah. Um, I was able um, last night to co-host um, a ceremony in New York City in Fort Tyron Park, which is this beautiful space of greenery in northern Manhattan. It's like one of New York's best kept secrets, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, um, this was um, a co-hosting with a friend of mine um, who, you know, I've been on a spiritual journey with for the last few years, and we were working together to... Um, you know, begin to work with others. And what we really want to do is share the sort of journey we went on with others. And it's really centered around the integration of the divine masculine and the divine feminine into um, a process of spirit-driven healing, where we're using our communication with spirits, our weekly shamanic journeys, um, and really taking the messages we receive and reflecting on them um, allowing, you know, signs and synchronicities to unfold and to really hold the space for one another to do, you know, deep shadow work, you know, to kind of um, heal and move forward. And what we want to do is begin to share this with people. So we hosted our first ceremony um, and it was focused around um, the integration of the divine masculine and feminine using um, ha um, happy healing, which is um, a sacred um, old form of healing in which you basically sniff tobacco and what it does is it really brings you clarity um, and allows you to have um, a spiritual experience it works with your third eye um, and uh, you know we we did the ceremony outside and it was it was a lot of fun we started with um, doing you know a statement of intention kind of sharing what our journey was um, you know we started by um, clearing doing a clearing with um, sacred pine. Um, we sat up outside under this gorgeous old tree. We were near mm. the river. It was the sky. It got dark during the ceremony. I felt like we hit on a lot of different um, things. And after we did the clearing, we did third eye healing um, by placing a stone on someone's head and doing Reiki energy work. Then we shared um, any of the visions or stuff we got. Um, after we did that, then um, everyone took turns um, administering um, happy to one another. And then not only did we share the experiences we had doing it, but we shared the, what we saw when other people were doing it. Mm. So it was really a kind of a co-healing shamanic circle in which everyone was a participant. Um, it may have been led by us, but it wasn't just information that we received. It was inviting a space where everyone could be part of that healing. 
Mm, which is always key. How were there, were the people who were there, was it their first time? Most of them, was it their first time working? Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a very small ceremony. There's only three people. Um, and it was, it was the first time for, for doing it. Yeah. Um, it was not mine or, or my um, co-host Jacqueline's first time we've done it before, you know, so we were able to, you know, we knew what to expect. We knew how to kind of hold space for people in that experience. Um, and really, you know, by having clear intentions set around, you know, connecting with the divine masculine and feminine and really, um, you know, really bringing the space we were into it, too. It was a real, um, you know, the, the trees played part, the airs played part in it, you know, just really being part with part with nature. Hmm. Yes. And um, did you what kind of what kind of information came through? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a little different for everyone. Um, you know, one of the, um, you know, uh, participants, um, who, who, you know, actually from, from circle, um, you know, she, she had a lot of stuff come through connected to, um, ancestral energy connected to, um, mother and female ancestral energy. And, you know, there was this fire that had configured into a past life that came forward for her. Um, there was a lot of information around femininity and what it meant to kind of, uh, make the evolution from being as a female um, coming and working from a more masculine space into really to kind of owning over the last few years more femininity in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was wild when we had uh, laid her down and, you know, did the third eye activation with the crystal on her head. You know, after she she sat up and shared everything, she had been talking earlier about wanting to wear more dresses and things like that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Someone came and we were in the park near a path laying under a tree. And all of a sudden there's this woman in this huge cupcake like dress in there for a photo shoot. It was pink with flowers all over it. It was like the sort of dress that would have been on a Barbie doll. You couldn't get something more feminine than that. And as soon as she sat up after doing the clearing and talking about the dresses earlier, like there was this woman suddenly in this outrageous dress. I mean, wow. that's a spirit sign. Now a spirit saying, Hey, look, you're onto something here, you know? Um, and there was later information too about hair braiding and just ways in which as females, you know, taking care of your body is really important sometimes to, um, you know, bringing some of the work you're doing with the divine feminine into a real world way in you. Um, and that was really wild. So then, you know, we went through and, um, you know, we all kind of had a little giggle about it and everything. We go through to do the um, work. We do the happy. And this is about a, a little over an hour later. And at this point, it's dark out. As soon as she's done doing the happy and talking about her experience with, the woman shows up out of nowhere again. <gasps> and then walks up the path and out of the park. And I'm like, this is really wild. You know, this woman in the dress was the beginning the framing of the beginning of our experience and the framing of the end of her experience. Um, incredible. And you, yeah. And it's incredible how spirit will communicate with you so directly and sometimes almost instantaneously. Oh yeah. Um, which, yeah. Will, which will lead into it's a, that's a nice segue into what our conversation is today, but just to also note, you're going to keep doing these in person sessions yeah right? ab- absolutely we're, we're, the next one's going to be in October and in the meantime we can you know work on zoom with people um you know doing these healings um they're very powerful in person but they can just be just as powerful you know um 
talking on Zoom like we are now, you know, I mean, time and space is 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 nothing. We're always instantly all connected, you know. And you're kind of doing that with your meetup group, right? That's it's kind of what you're going to be doing on. Yeah, the first um, the first Saturday in September, we're going to be starting a monthly shamanic journey, which is open to anybody. It's free. It's going to be on um, meetup and it's, it's really going to be us using that model. Um, of, you know, spirit-driven healing and communication to work with people one-on-one. I think that the mediumship the, of, of shamanic journeying is like, for me, it's like the absolute pinnacle of spirit communication. I mean, it's, it's about having direct experiences and it's about, you can do this solo or you can do it with other people. And when you do it with other people, you start the full picture starts to be painted because you get mm-hmm. all these different versions and all of these different sides of what spirit's trying to say to you kind of emerges in a, a more richer way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sh- shamanic journeying without plant medicine is it, it is a really interesting way to open the lines of communication with spirit, because I think one of the main things it does is it, opens you to your own imagination. And that that's not to say that the communication that's happening is in your imagination. It's that your imagination provides you with all the symbolism that you see. You need your imagination in order to mm-hmm. see what you see. That doesn't mean it's not being given to you, but it, but your, your brain, I believe, is used by spirit in order to create messages that are then either shared or for yourself. And so yeah. shamanic journeying really opens the door to being wide open to all of those different forms of communication and and that's what we're we're talking about today is um it, we're sitting down today to discuss the experience of spirit communication and what what it is as best we can describe it no one really knows right how we experience it the ways that it varies uh just all kinds of different aspects of spirit communication. And the thing that kind of brought us to do this is the idea, as mentioned in the beginning, that we were kind of accused of not having a prophecy with our, with the circle that we shared in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I, I think is just a matter of understanding the ways that spirit communicates and, and recognizing that it's often a circuitous route of communication. It's not usually straightforward, mm-hmm. right? It, it it's not and what it requires above all is this immense level of trust there's mm-hmm. there's trust in yourself that you have to build trust in spirit and then when you're when you're working in groups with other people you're able to you're really able to take your trust to the next level because not only simply because you get validation that's a huge part of it too right we all we all need to be validated you know in in what we're doing but also because you're able to share in this joint experience where someone is seeing, hearing, having the same experience as you're having, and they're saying the things that you're seeing before you're saying them, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. it, it, it's wild. It, it really does help you understand how we're, we're really all one and how we, how the barriers to connection are so much, they're so much closer than we tend to think they are, especially when we're first starting. We think there's all of these like, steps and things we have to do you know and 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 sometimes there are for sure you know there's there's steps on your journey and where we were five or ten years ago isn't where we are now for sure you know but yeah I I think that the only real step that's required is the willingness to practice and to Mm -hmm. to learn more about the ways in which spirit communicates with you individually and um it it is really fascinating the way 
that when you practice shamanic journeying as opposed to, <clears throat> you know, sitting in circle and, and sharing messages individually, how connected we are and, and the ways that we share certain information. It makes me wonder this, this idea of how we share this information so so closely when we open ourselves to it, whether this is the precursor to the society which is coming, which is that we begin to communicate telepathically. I wonder if this is the first step toward that. I, I just think that's an inevitable um, yeah. Yeah. future. I think we do that a lot already, especially with people we're close with, you know, and we don't, I, you know, I think sometimes we undersell how much it happens, you know? Um, it's yeah. true, but it's often unconscious. It, it's often, you know, unconscious or is, is, is based more on the, how well we know the person than it is on the energy exchange that happens. But I wonder if we're coming to a place where it will be a conscious exchange where, you know, you and I yeah. wouldn't even need to use words. Just, it just seems like there's a, there's a future in that. And so she's witnessing that in journeying is. is yeah. Um, yeah. Incredible. I totally agree. I think it's a future where we're all headed. And I think the two things that are like so fascinating about that is that um, when we look at the moments where it is unconscious and because we're close to people, it happens. It's because we're not trying to focus on it. We're so in the zone yeah. of being able to be ourselves, you know, and uh, not having any sort of, our head is cleared by all of those distracting thoughts that our ego has every day, you know, mm -hmm. and we're just in this comfort zone. And that's the same thing that, that for me happens in the times when I have out of body experiences. It's always when I'm out of my head, when I'm not in my head and I'm somewhere else, you know, when I'm, I'm, if I try, it's not going to happen, but if I'm relaxed and in the zone, that's when it happens. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that's really fascinating about, um, consciousness, this change of consciousness without words is if we look at extraterrestrial um, civilizations, that is, you know, supposedly how they communicate, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they're advanced, they're in a different, you know, they're in the fourth dimension or even above. Yeah, I, I, there is a well-documented experience that some school children in South Africa had and the early nineties where they had a close encounter of the fifth kind where they actually came into contact or fourth kind, whatever third kind where they came into contact with, with an ET um, and the ET communicated with them telepathically. Absolutely. And they all knew exactly what was said and shared the same information that day. And, but they still to this day, remember every detail of, of the incident and now their teachers have apologized to them for not believing them more at the time and wished that they had because of what they know now. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it definitely, it, it has to be, it has to be in our future and we're getting so much closer telepathic communication. I mean, and we're getting so much closer to it. And, you know, I'm, I personally, I, I can one of my gifts and maybe sometimes I might say curses <laughs> is to, is that I often can um, I, I can tell people's motives often when I'm speaking with them. And um, and I don't know how sometimes it's cold reading and body language, but most of the time it's not. I, I can just tell the intention that lies underneath 
what is being presented a lot of the time. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's telepathic. You know, I think it's claircognizance, but I also think that's telepathic communication in a way. I don't it's hear- clairsentient as well. You know, you're just that knowing, yeah. Yep. I, I think it, it's not quite, um, I can't read their minds, but it's like, literally, I don't hear words that are processing through their brain, but I, I can, I, I just know, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, sometimes that's wonderful and sometimes it's not. <laughs> and, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen I you think, do it. I've seen you do it firsthand, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I think a lot of us have that, uh, you know, ability to, to mm-hmm. one, one degree or another, um, but what's interesting is that I bring it up because not only do I have that experience, but the person often knows that it's happening. And I, and I, I have, you know, they just know it. It's not like we talk about it. I never tell, I mean, I'm telling everybody who listens to this now, but, and, but this is the first time I've ever said this publicly mm-hmm. ever. I think I've told you and, a, and one or two other people about this. Um, I don't know why I have so much shame about it, but I, I guess it's, I guess it's more, admitting it sounds, you know, egotistical or something, but it's really not. It's just, but, but anyway, so the, the people that I'm with when I'm experiencing this tend to know it, they just innately know that it's happening. And sometimes that leads to them being uncomfortable or, you know, disliking me or having an immediate, like kind of aversion because they can feel, Mm -hmm. I think that happening. And, um, and so to me, that's, that's a telepathic exchange. That's like the step before full telepathic exchange, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and it's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I think sometimes when we function on an empathic level, that's the form of telepathic exchange, you know, we're reading energies. And I think on some sim- simplistic level, that's what you're doing. It's much more complex than that, but you yes. know, um, yes. yeah. And yeah. I think this actually, this, this makes something clear that I think maybe people, including me are misled by telepathic communication doesn't necessarily have to mean that I can hear every word that's going through your mind. And it probably won't mean that we won't need mm-hmm. words anymore. It won't be about, Oh, Dana's thinking that she needs to buy more carrots and that she needs to change the kitty's cat litter. And it's not like that. It's, it's, a I, I do. The second one is true, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's not a literal exchange like that. And movies present it that way where people are like sitting in silence, staring yeah. at each other and having full conversations. Maybe it'll yeah. get to that point. Probably it will, but I think for a very long time, it'll just be simply knowing, you know what yeah. I mean? Just knowing, mm-hmm. which is just a beautiful mystery. What is it that, what is that knowing? And then that yeah. brings us to the knowing that comes through spirit work, you know, through mediumship. Yeah. I, I remember one evening I was having a um, maybe about six months ago, I was just having a rough time. Um, and you, you reached out to me and said, how are you doing? And at the same time you reached out to me, my friend Natalia also reached out to me and you both knew that I was in this spot with the situation I was going through mm-hmm. and you both just picked up on it, mm-hmm. you know, and we had, we had a conversation that evening that was so helpful to me, mm. you know, I remember and, yeah, and I felt so seen and held and heard by my friends being able to energetically pick up on what was going on with me without me even have having opened my mouth about the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it it will lead to 
this this way of communicating will lead not only to that feeling of of being embraced by being by being fully understood but also i bet it will have to lead to uh, a um uh kind of breaking apart of the tendency to be dishonest and insincere and it will kind of force people to be true and how do you become fully true by being fully true to you first you know by being by being fully present with every experience that you have without blaming others for it you know i become uh -huh. angry my becoming angry has nothing to do with the trigger of the anger. My becoming angry is about me needing to look at this anger, you know, and people often yeah. people don't want to hear that. People don't want to, they, they don't like that. It's like, no, someone needs to be held no. accountable. You got to hold yeah. everybody accountable for everything that happens to you. No, you really don't. You just have to hold yourself accountable. And of course, yeah. domestic violence it, yeah. and violent situations where you have to get out and it's not about allowing or, you know, letting people off the hook for terrible behavior, but it is about holding yourself, holding yourself rather than throwing it at others. And then mm -hmm. that leads to a, a being in truth with the self that allows you to be in truth with others, you know? Oh, absolutely. Cause I mean, when you're in truth with yourself and you understand what your own motives are, you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't in this particular situation, I couldn't, I'm still at this point, but I'm here, here to understand, like, you, you can't play the victim in something. You mm -hmm. have to look in, in the spots in which you've enabled yourself to get to that point, mm -hmm. where you could have done other things to kind of sideswipe it, but for whatever reason, you just, yeah, it just yeah, you, you weren't you, able to. <laughs> it's very... uh Oh, it's it's hard being a human. <laughs> I, I I've been having my own version of that lately. You know, my I was my husband left me. Um, it's been almost ten years now, um, and um, it was out of the blue, and I was completely devastated by it. My whole life was completely upended by by this loss. And in the process of it happening, I was gifted with this great compassion for him that allowed me to, to see my own role in it, to not attack him, to allow him to just leave, to not make it hard on him. I just am so grateful for that. But I, I find myself lately I, having dreams about him and about other aspects of his life and, and just being so angry in the dream. And, um, and I think that that's speaking of spirit communication. I think spirit is showing me that there, in the process of being so compassionate with him, I maybe wasn't quite compassionate enough with myself and that some of that yeah. anger and despair, not the despair. I, I felt the despair fully. I didn't have a choice, but the anger I was not, I, I wasn't embracing. I, I just didn't, I would not allow the anger. And so I think I'm being shown that anger now just to try and breathe through it and not hold him accountable or contact him or throw it at him. It's not about mm -hmm. that. You know, it, it's not his fault. Yeah. It's not his fault. Mm -hmm. It's it's a gift, actually, to be able to recognize this anger and to process it. It's kind of what we're here for, I think. Um, so what is... What, what is the first... This is, a, this is putting you on the spot, but take your time and, you know, um, you know the drill, but... What is the first or the most, whichever is easiest for you to come up with on the spot, the most circuitous message that you've gotten from spirit? Oh man, that is a <laughs> that is a 
low. Um, I think I think that one of the most um, unique and probably also kind of stemmed from one of the kind of darkest spirit experiences I had. Um, this is going back about God over five years ago at this point because this was uh, before the pandemic even. Um, I had um, a very good friend that um, I kind of I guess um, started to spiritually wake up on the same timeline with her. And we, you know, we started doing, um, you know, in the beginning, we started by doing um, Tarot classes, and we started by, you know, um, just, you know, being able to share with each other the spirit communication we are having. And she wound up um, along this journey marrying a guy who was very traditional, very religious, and really didn't like that side of her, didn't want her to have that side of her. And she just, um, you know, once you've awoken, it's really hard to turn that switch off, right? You just, you just, you know, you want to be able to do it. And, you know, during this kind of course of that happening, she was still practicing it, but she was kind of hiding it, keeping it a secret, taking classes and not being honest about where she was going. And she was doing trans mediumship stuff too. So this wasn't, this wasn't light spiritual work she was doing. This was heavy stuff. And she really um, was in a, a nutshell, lying about it to him and keeping that side of herself, um, you know, hidden and just unable to speak fully about it. And she wound up um, going to a very dark space um, and having some spiritual um, energy around her that was not positive. It was not good energy. And it was it was a changing her, affecting her behavior, affect, affecting her ability to make sound decisions. Um, you know, I... I, I Looking back at it, I think using the word possession is a strong word, but there was definitely something there that um, needed to be cleared from her. And, and um, it involved, like, really for both her and me, because I was so part of that and was asked by our family to come and to, to help um, be with her. I was, I had to confront my own fear in it. And I realized as a result of this that, there was nothing to be afraid of in doing this work. And I somehow lost a lot of fear I carried around with it. And it was weird because I lost my fear when faced with the thing everyone was afraid of, you know, and really seeing that. And I had experiences with her where, like, someone else was in her. There was no question about that. I could feel it in, you know, touching her. She was like ice. I, I saw her growl. I saw her curl around on the floor. I saw the table shake when nothing was around it. I mean, some real, real heavy stuff. And I realized there was nothing that light couldn't do. And there was, you know, I became fearless with it. And, and she, you know, she's very much on a different path now. And I think it's interesting that sometimes, you know, facing the thing that you're most afraid of is like, it kind of liberates you in a way. Mm -hmm. um, now, I didn't go through it firsthand, you know, but I felt that energy. I spoke with it. I saw it, you know, like I saw her go in and out of herself, you know, mm -hmm. um, and um, that sort of conquering that fear made my own experiences with seeing, I still get spirits that need to be crossed, but you don't get the heavy stuff like I used to, mm -hmm. you know, Um and I realized how much you have to move yourself out of a space of fear on a spiritual mm -hmm. journey. 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and now there's nothing I, I trust. Like I just, I just intuitively trust that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like there was, it, you, spirit went through her, spirit communicated with you the ways in which you could potentially let go of your fear. And so that was the circuitous route that spirit took is what you're suggesting, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even the things she was saying, you know, about me and some things, you know, with my family and stuff, there's, I mean, she just, she knew a lot about me. Don't get me wrong, but she didn't know, every, no, you know, she didn't know everything. Yeah. And spirit was saying those things through her, you know, and it, it was trying to get in my head. Mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's just um and it got in her head you know um yep. yeah yeah i think probably my that's that's very interesting and it was that was that was a long i i knew you then you know i knew you mm-hmm. when that was happening and that that was a long no. process of you know and that was a long challenging process for you i remember i think probably yeah. my the most circuitous thing that's the most and by circuitous I mean you know the strange ways that spirit has of communicating things to us the the odd ways that spirit it's often not straightforward now that being said often it is (laughs) you know I mean sometimes it's just straightforward stuff especially with mediumship but um, I've told you this story before, but I'll I'll tell it again because it kind of has like a different ending now than it ever did before for me because of the way that spirit communicates mm-hmm. that circuitous aspect of spirit communication, and and why we must remain open to everything that comes through and and open to what it might mean and not lock ourselves into ideas of what it means and allow things to unfold and not have to have definitions that are set. To, to be willing to be wrong, to be willing to, to be, to change. It's, it's imperative in order to truly open to spirit and, and allow spirit to communicate. But um, I was meditating one day and um, my, I knew that my friend's father had passed that morning. She had sent a group text and let us know that her father had passed, but I'd never met him. I didn't know his name, didn't know what he looked like. Um, and so I meditated probably an hour or two after she told us. And um, as I was meditating, I saw this man and he was sitting on a lawn chair outside. He had really big white teeth, I remember, and a really big, beautiful, bright, beaming smile. And he smiled at me. The sun was shining down. And then he started to say something. He started to go, like he had a stutter. And then finally he said the word pageant. And I knew I, I came to then back into the meditation. And then when I was done with the meditation, I knew that it had been her father. I just knew it was her father. Um, but I didn't understand what pageant meant. So I did what we often do when these things happen. And I went to the you know internet and looked it up and I came finally to the name of an actor. First, there was this thing called Paget's disease, but I didn't think that applied to him. I got a chance to ask her much later. It did not apply to him. Um, so I finally, the thing that I came to was this actor, Valerie Paget Brewster. And um, 
she's an actor who was on the show Criminal Intent, I think, and just didn't seem, he was an elderly Russian man. It just didn't seem like he watched Criminal Intent. What do I know? Maybe he did, but I just don't think so. But I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And, um, and then later, uh, she, my friend sent us a text again with an image of him and with his name. And basically, I think she sent the mask card they were going to use. They'd already had it made up. So she sent it to us. Uh, she was Jewish. So I don't think it was called a mask card, but you know, the little card that they give out at funerals and his name was Valerie, et cetera, et cetera, whatever his last name is. So his, his name was Valerie. So that's why I was taken, I think, to Valerie Paget Brewster. But then, so this story I've told many times because it's an example of circuitous communication from spirit, right? It's like, why Valerie Paget Brewster? Why the word Paget? Mm -hmm. Did he have a really hard time communicating because he was new to spirit and it was the best he could do, mm -hmm. but it was just this whole really incredible like route. But then couple of weeks ago I was watching a show on oracles on Amazon and I wasn't really paying attention it seemed interesting it was about the oracle at Delphi and the oracle at Bai in Italy and and um then all of a sudden I heard that the person who discovered the oracle the the place where the oracle of Bai in Italy would work his name was Robert Paget and I went what and they showed a picture of him and it was, it was him too. It was him. He looked just like my friend's father, but it was him too. And so I watched the show and I connected so deeply to that particular Oracle and that particular underground, you know, sanctorium where they would go and get messages from the Oracle. I just, I was right in it. I felt definite past that life connection to it. Definitely felt just absolute, you know, understanding of what that was. And I wonder if, you know, like often happens with spirit, there are double messages that come through. And I wonder if that day my friend's father came through, but also Robert Paget came through to say something about my, you know, ability as an Oracle or whatever it was he was trying to say, you know, that's something I need to be open to as well. What did it mean? But that is, I think one of the more, you know, uh, circuitous communications I've experienced. Absolutely. That's really beautiful. And what it always makes me think, what this story is making me think of is something I think is so important when we work with spirit is that we have to follow the breadcrumbs. You know, I love to say, follow yes, the I love that. Yes. Yeah. But you do. And sometimes these breadcrumbs come all at once and you can follow them in the course of a day or a week or a few months. And sometimes they take years and years to unfold. And Spirit really wanted you to be paying attention to something about the oracles and something about that being a deep, fundamental part of yourself, you know, mm -hmm. or something they really want you to understand, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 And to think that it happened so over the course of, I think it's been like maybe eight years now or something since that happened, you know, to think it was yeah. that it took that long to unfold and all of that to say that it's so important to remain open, to be curious about what's being shared rather than needing to have the answers right away and insisting that you have the answers right away. It's about that patient. It's about that trust, about understanding that some things are, some answers are quick and some aren't, you know, so 
you know, um, and who knows how that's going to further unfold potentially too, right? Exactly. I I still don't quite understand what his, what the point of that was. I understand why my friend's father came through, but I don't understand why Robert Paget came through still. I was meant to watch that documentary about oracles and to come to understand that part of myself, but I think there's far more that I just need to wait for, you know? Why do you think spirit, why do you think it's so um, you just gave a little bit of an idea of why you think it's so circuitous to abuse that word at this point, yeah. but why, why do you think, why else do you think? Do you... I mean, we have, we have free will, right? And I think, I think that spirit is here to help and support us, but they are also, it's also our journey and it's also our like ability to understand. And I think that you know, we don't like, we're not ever gifted the whole picture, you know, it's, it, we have to see it in little bits. And I think that a lot of these signs and symbols and the way spirit communicates, it's, we're using a different language than how we're talking right now. We're not using words. We're not like having a logical, straightforward conversation in which we can very easily connect A to B to C to D and kind of follow like the way we look at time on this sort of line it's asking us to to look at things differently, you know, and and I think that in the beginning of opening up, I thought we could shove everything neatly into this happens and then that happens and this causes that. And it, it seemed like a cause and effect relationship. And it is to some extent, but certain things that like past lives are so much more complicated. We've talked about this than they used to be. Uh, what's the universal language now? You know, a lot of the signs and symbols and communications with spirit I'm getting now are about things like light and sound and about, you know, um, multidimensional awareness and timeline slipping and, you know, larger integrative pictures that you can't quite understand in the beginning. You just simply mm-hmm. can't wrap your head around these things. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is only the tip of the iceberg. I know there's so many other things that we don't even, we don't even know what we don't know yet in, mm-hmm. in terms of how we communicate, you know, mm-hmm. but we're able to communicate telepathically. That's going to open us up to a place where like time and space and the limitations of language don't exist anymore, you know? That's right. And, and I think it's part of the reason why people are beginning, even people who don't have the same level of interest that we do and and people that are in spiritual circles do with pursuing the understanding of spirit pursuing the things that we don't understand even they are beginning to realize that there truly is so much more and it's not wrapped up in that little package with the bow called god you know it's it i mean it it is in the in the end in my belief system it is about that about god the great spirit whatever that is i don't purport to understand what that is though you know mm-hmm. i know it's not a guy in the sky that i can tell you it's not a guy <laughs> same here <laughs> it's the balance of a guy and a lady yeah you know, or it's, that's still really simple <laughs> yeah i mean it's a, it's everything it's everything but but i think that Fortunately, I think science is catching up as well. I was just reading, I don't know if you if you saw the article today in the Times about in the New York Times about Avi Loeb. Um, it's a it's a very interesting. Do you have a subscription? If not, I'll send it to you. It's, I do, yeah, okay. I do. It's yeah. very interesting. And it's Avi Loeb, if you don't know who he is, um he is the person who believes that that, that cigar-shaped 
um, object that came in from another solar system called Oumuamua. Um, okay. And it's, it's the um, cigar shaped kind of what many scientists are saying is a comet that was uh, set off by the water inside it becoming steam as it got closer to the sun and that that's what made it pick up its pace but the reason why science is confused by it is because it seemed to have a propulsion system and they didn't understand how that was possible they'd never seen anything like that and so avi loeb who is a very was a very respected astronomer and um, physicist and just incredibly smart worked on black hole theories and wrote many many papers he really believes that that is alien technology that it's et technology fully believes this this is a brilliant man this is a stephen hawking level man and so he's devoting all of his time full time has a lab through harvard has all kinds of endowments to work on pursuing et life and um he's not being taken seriously by many of his colleagues because many feel that he is not, his methods are not fully scientific, that he's looking for the answers he wants and he's putting aside some facts that would change the outcome of his experiments if he acknowledged them. He bristles at that. He's a very emotional person and, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but he gets very angry. And so, you know, point being, he is, he's pushing forward this agenda of, coming to understand what truly is. And I think that in pursuing the existence and many scientists from uh, 300 years ago who changed the world were pushed into the corner until they died. They starved to death because they weren't taken seriously. Yeah. Their, all of their information was, was shat upon by other scientists in their field. That's often the way. So mm -hmm. you know, it's probably what's gonna happen to him too. But regardless, he's helping to push forward this this willingness to think outside the box in science and then mm -hmm. to be open to the things that come through, you know, to, to be willing to embrace the, the things we don't understand. It's very brave of him. Um, when you were talking and you mentioned him being angry, I heard a man yelling, like mm. it sounded like it was in the background of where you are, like, like almost like he was yelling from another room. So I don't, I don't know what that's about, but um yeah, I heard it. I heard it as if I wonder if it'll show up on the recording. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I did not hear it. But I will say that in the past oh. few months, there have been a lot of um, disembodied voices in, in this apartment that that were not there mm -hmm. before. Um, mm -hmm. They and we, we get that on the phone sometimes, too. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This this apartment is located in an old shoe factory that was opened in, I think, the 1800s. And it's it's got a lot mm -hmm. of energy in it. And I think it's got a lot of stagnated energy as well. So I wouldn't be I'm not surprised that you heard that. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting because I think I personally I asked you before why you think spirit communicates this way, what it's about. And I, I think that part of it is also that the way that we connect, for instance, to bring it back to mediumship, the way that we connect with spirit and share messages with people, I personally am more and more beginning to believe that it's not so much a separate being, a, a you know, a, a spirit that has come from the dead and exists in, you know, 2D form or 4D form or whatever it is. I think it's 
I think it's that we're connecting with the energy of the memory of the person that we're sitting with. I think we're picking up on that energy. Do I, I definitely do think that the spirit is real and that it's a, a presence, but I don't think it's necessarily a, you know, a, a ghost for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. I'm starting more and more to think that we're actually picking yeah. up on each other's memories and, and mm -hmm. the way the brain works is so complicated that I think spirit has to grab onto the little, you know, the corpuscles of information that it can to create the messages that come through. And so I, I think that, you know, even if you think about psychedelic experiences, that's often how it works when you're, when you're, when you're in the middle of a psychedelic experience, sometimes it's, it's very confusing and hard to understand all of these things are coming at you at once and they don't make sense. And, you know, and that the reason is because the brain is is often muddled in in our at least our understanding of it. And yeah, I mean, when you're on psychedelics, you're getting you're getting a multi dimensional awareness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, those walls are down; they mm -hmm. are just down, and it can be it can be a lot sometimes. It can also be like one of those things that breaks the bone in your head that you need to be broken to be able to see more clearly. Right. Um, as you're talking, I'm having a really intense experience because what I'm seeing is almost as if it's you and something, it's almost like the way you spin a top and it spins around. And it's almost like I'm seeing one, two, three, four, six. They're showing me six versions of yourself kind of flipping through, almost like, you know, if you take a book spine and you flip it through and you can see the pages. I was literally seeing that it was it was very disorientating to listen to you talk because I felt like every statement you were making they were showing me a different version of yourself like flipping through and it's almost as if the background behind you kind of um did this sort of thing where everything blurred which is those experiences I've been having lately with my sight kind of um flipping out and that happened in the background and it went from like a blue to a yellow to a green and kind of like blurred in the background through the rainbows what do you what do you get what do you think it is about what is what do you think it's showing you i think it's showing me exactly what we're talking about with the psychedelics being able to a multi-dimensional awareness and that is what happens with spirit because when we talk about communicating with our higher self you know that's that's a version of ourselves if we talk about spirits they're a version of a um connection we had with another person if we're talking about a past life that's a version of us somewhere on on the concept of a timeline mm -hmm. it's something that's happening in the moment mm -hmm. um anything we're talking about is you know nothing's so clear cut you know how do we pass away and then also have an afterlife and come back and talk with you there's no easy way to explain all of it unless you look at like the universe being multidimensional. I think mm -hmm. it's the only thing that makes sense. And that is what science is proving more and more and more, you know, mm -hmm. the holographic universe, the multidimensional universe, you know, mm -hmm. um, the ability to possibly time travel. I don't think we're really traveling through time. I think we're just able to access a multidimensional awareness of some sort. It's an energetic thing and it's a physical thing. And it's about the two things coming together. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, you know, what you and I are doing right now, you and I are going to do right now forever and have been doing it forever. And every single bit of every single moment is happening all the time, always will, yeah. always has, perhaps yeah. until, 
maybe and maybe eventually the matter will contract again and and that will end yeah. that process i don't know I'm, yeah i'm not <laughs> smart enough to understand that but yeah as you're as you're talking it's as if someone is editing the video right now and all of a sudden your hand's here then it's down here then it's like this and that's what i keep seeing right now with you it happened again just now i've never had something like this happen it flipped through again right again um breathe with it and tell me more about what you think it um and i think exactly when you said this moment will be happening and unfolding forever it is but i feel like there's all of these slightly different versions of this moment unfolding forever like in one of them you're speaking more with your hands and another one you're emphasizing a certain point maybe you use a different sentence you bring a different point into it it's all the same and different at the same time Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it's almost like everything that's a possibility isn't just a probability or a possibility. It's like actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, it happened again right now. Wow. I will share with you that I wonder if you're picking up on, um, on something that kind of goes along with a, a psychedelic experience I had. And it was what I was thinking of when I first brought it up. And it seems like that's when you started experiencing this. Okay. I was, um, and it goes along with the idea that the brain is, is so vast and that it's, it's hard for us to pinpoint exactly what things mean in the same way that spirit communicates with us and plays with our brain in that way. And in this experience, it was probably the most challenging I ever had. And it what doesn't sound it when I share it, but it was so challenging that I was just wanted to jump out of my skin. It was so hard. I kept seeing the same image over and over and over again and hearing the same words and responding in the exact same way. And this went on and on and on and on and on. It felt like it was forever. I was in a loop. I was in a total loop of experience. Like I'd have, and I'd hear two names, Jessica and Irene. And then I would have the exact same ex- response to that. I'd laugh or something. I'd mm-hmm. get frustrated and it was a loop. I'd be in that loop. And I realized later that I was remembering Jessica and Maureen from childhood. And there was a third person in this that I couldn't, that was part of what was so frustrating about it. I could feel that there was a third person involved in this exchange, but I couldn't, who is it? I can't get the third name. I can't get the third name. And then I'd go into the loop again. And the third name was me. And I I was having this memory when we were children, the two of the three of us were friends. They lived next door to each other. So they were very, very close. And they were having a big fight and just arguing and yelling at each other. We were in like (laughs) second grade. And I was standing there and I went over and I got a, a branch and it looked like a little piece, a little peace sign. And I held it up and I went up to them and I, and I held it in their face and I said, peace. And they both started laughing and made up and it was over. <laughs> and it was because we had just heard about the, you know, olive tree or something. And from, you know, Jesus's story. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it as a joke though. I was, I was being serious, but they, they thought it was so ridiculous and funny <laughs> that they, you know, they had, yeah, that's yeah. what I was remembering. And so the reason I tell you that is because it sounds like you're, that was kind of, my experience was kind of like cycling through my memory and my, and being in that moment, but not being able to get the fullness of the picture. And it seems like that's kind of what you're, you're experiencing with me. Maybe. Yeah. I'm still experiencing it right now. Even if you're telling this story, just again, um, 
And yeah, there is something very similar to the experiences of being on psychedelics, for mm -hmm. sure. Except mm -hmm. this is, I am completely, <laughs> I'm completely psychedelic free right now, everyone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and there, yeah. there it is again, that experience, the, the ways that we are, that we communicate with, with, with it, whatever it is is just so fascinating and such and it gives such an insight into consciousness and what consciousness is and if more people could yeah. open to it and and be, begin to practice it i think we could be we could start to understand more about who we are where we're going what we are what it is why it is you know i think we we could get more answers that way if more of us would oh. devote time you know, I'm allowing ourselves to see the beauty and everything, meeting the experience where it is, not judging it for what it is, not putting labels of good or bad or dark or light onto it, you know, mm -hmm. um, kind of reminds me of the experience I had last night doing um, the rapé in um and I've, I've done it before, but, you know, you basically, someone else administers it for you and, you know, they're blowing it up your nose. And it sounds like it would be a psychedelic experience. It is not. It is just tobacco. But it brings you, because it goes into your your nose and activates your, you know, the area around your third eye and gets into your brain, it um, brings you a real clarity. It's literally clearing that area of your body out. And that stuff does come out of your nose. I mean, you release snot you release tears um but you know as I did it what you do is you do the um right side and then you do the left side so the right side is to receive and then uh, is um and the left side is to clear it out you know so you're receiving it and then you're clearing something out and the experience I had and it was instantly showing this it's as if I saw like it's as if at first, it looked like I was for a split second watching a movie or something on a screen. And then it flipped where I knew I was seeing it through my eyes. And this is a little bit of a long story, but it happened like this. It happened just in a moment. And I saw myself standing um, on the edge of a rock and I saw a canoe. And in the canoe, there was a man. He was um, an indigenous man with very, very long, straight black hair that went down his um, back and he had uh, no shirt on and he was holding a child and the child had this beautiful head of curly hair and they were drifting back on a river um, away from you know taking off from the rocks and that was in that was my partner and my child in this life and I was a woman standing on the edge also indigenous with long hair and I was pregnant and you know the boat went away. Um, I don't know where they went. I know that he was a warrior of some sort. I knew that much. And a few days later, the boat drifted back, and nobody was in it. Um, and there was some sort of storm, and they wound up um, perishing in this storm on this river. It was a very, very wide river, and I think it was the Amazon. And um, I was just consumed with this loss. Um, and I took somehow to climbing trees. Um, very weird I would climb up to the top of these tall trees and I would look out and one day I made the decision to just step off the tree you know and as I stepped off the tree what happened is the sky opened and I saw them and that was how I crossed the other side I went through a hole in the sky and I was reunited with them mm. um mm. and I saw I saw all of this I saw this all unfold and um 
I felt the pain. It's almost like I felt the pain of it on one side of my body. And I felt the joy of it on the other side of my body. And I felt both things from this life. And then I saw myself in spirit form walking along the river. And I had somehow, this river was a really big thing in our community. We, it, it gave us life. It gave us water. It gave us food. It gave us transportation. It kept us safe. It did all of these things. And I had had a real deep, deep connection with the river goddess in that life. And then she took the most precious things from me, you know, and I just like forsake the river. And in my sort of afterlife, I had to reunite and make peace with the goddess of the river, that, that sort of feminine energy that was the river. And I also saw in this someone I know from this life, and I understood in, and I, and I thought I understood this lesson before, but I got it again last night, why I couldn't, can't just cut the connection there. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that this is going to help me do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um I had such clarity after this experience. Everything is as if everything looked clearer. The skies, the trees, the nighttime was even more lovely. The crickets sounded sharpier. You know, everything was just like so much more alive for me. And I was very tired after it, you know. Um, and I slept very deeply last night. And when I woke up this morning, I woke up and I had a whole series of dreams in which I was going around looking for something and I was with someone and it was a masculine energy but he was always a little bit behind me so I couldn't see who it was and we were in a swamp and we were in a desert and we were like um in the forest with the trees and then we were riding across horseback on a plane and I didn't know what I was looking for but I woke up knowing that I was going to find it like I felt the answer. Like I, I, I knew that it was okay that I was on this journey, but I knew I was going to find what I needed mm-hmm. and I just needed to trust in that process. And that's what I've been filled with all day. Like that peace around it, you know? Yeah. And that moment in which this reality, not that it came back to me, but I was in it. Like I was literally in it, you know? Wow. I can feel the relief of the experience of, of jo- joining them again, of being reunited with them. I can feel the relief. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. And part, part of what is so interesting about the way that you give readings to people is that you, you bring that uh, past life energy into your readings and have such a, a deep sense of what comes through. So, wow. Wow. And it really, it feels like it really healed you, it really healed a part of you. Yeah. It's so interesting. You you talked about that experience where you talked about time and space connected to it. I, I, one of the things I did today was write a poem about the experience. Um, And that was, that was how I began and ended the poem. Because that's something, I, you know, as a writer that I want to do, I want to try to capture what the experience is like through words. And I um, know it's never going to fully do it justice, you know, like we can't, we have to live through these experiences. We have to have them, you know, um, but. But being a medium and, and connecting with spirit as part of your life actually is not so different from being a poet. It, it's actually very, very similar. I never thought about that connection before, but it's an interesting point that 
You really, you communicate in metaphor. Most of the time, the way that you share messages is usually in metaphor. Like if you take, for instance, the financial aspect of the prophecy that we shared last week, Mm -hmm. you know, the first thing we saw was a wallet and dollar bills. You know, it wasn't like we didn't hear a voice saying, you know, this is going to happen in this order. You know, it's, it's in metaphor. Mm -hmm. That's how we communicate. And yeah. just as poets do their best to experience, to express the, you know, the deepness of life through metaphor and the experiences of emotion and all of the human levels of existence that they express through metaphor. It's what we do with spirit as well, or spirit does with us, I should say. It's what spirit does with us. Absolutely. And I think that when we write, you know, that's a form of channeling, whether we're channeling ourselves or we're channeling spirit or truly they're the same thing, you know, it, 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 it yeah, you know. yeah, beautiful. Well, Dana, this has been a really amazing conversation and, um, thank you so much for, for sharing and, um, people will be able to, do you post about your, um, the journeys that you're doing in person on your website? You know, I don't, but I'm gonna. I think you should. So yeah. that, that way people can find that information on your website, mm-hmm. which, which is yeah. from, shadows, from shadows to light.com. And mm-hmm. um, also on Instagram with that same um, handle. Uh, and um, until next time. Thanks, Dana. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. And, and thank you everybody for listening. See you next time.